Hello, it's me, Justin. I don't know about you folks listening out there, but for me personally, I will watch or listen to the first episode of just about anything. If somebody recommends something to me, I will more than likely give it the benefit of the doubt for at least an episode, maybe even two or three. Because we've all heard our friends say it, right? Oh, you gotta make it to episode two. Or the show really picks up halfway through season one. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. A lot of times I'll listen or watch to find out for myself, but I don't think I've ever seen or listened to four full episodes of a show that I didn't like. At least not modern times. There's too many good ones out there. There's too much stuff to choose from. So I don't care how many times Colin tells me that the fourth episode of this season's Real Housewives is where the show really starts to pick up. I'm not interested. So with all that being said, if you're about to listen to a fourth episode of me and my friends throwing some dice and telling our story, I just want to say a quick thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for the support. If you want to support us even more, download the episodes, check out our social media, sign up to our Patreon, leave us those five-star reviews, tell your friends all that good stuff that lets us keep doing this thing. Links are in the episode description. But enough of all that for now, because I've got five freshly leveled up player characters that are going to be full of hope and confidence, and I need to go try to kill them. So here's episode four, What the Fumble, Universal Healthcare. I don't think there's anybody at this table who is happier about the level two than me. And why is oh, that? Oh, no. Mm. I mean, it just, like, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of, of level one. Like, it's, level one is a scary, scary place. Sure Because is. the yeah. numbers, I've always thought the numbers are kind of stacked towards the DM at level one. And so it gives you as DM, like, you don't want to. I don't really want anyone to die at level one. Sure, we came within one dice roll. Well, I mean, nonsense. It, almost, it, it definitely almost <laughs> happened. Yeah, it, it, but it was like a really hard-fought fight. It definitely wasn't one hit and then some fish. It's true. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was super drawn out. Yep. Well-balanced damage, too, exactly. right? Yeah, everyone took their <laughs> yeah. share. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And no doubt. Thanks for taking those hips for me, Slash. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll... <laughs> yep. But to me, level two, it's that... This is where the numbers start slowly going in the advantage of the players. And this is where you guys start to kind of flesh out. You get start getting your class abilities. Yeah. Long story short, I get to take the gloves off and not feel too, too bad about it. See, I knew it wasn't really in my favor when you started that. <laughs> <laughs> There's this thing called CR that he gets to play with bigger numbers. CR. The thing is, you guys are a group of five, too, so it's, you know, CR makes it, CR is not the 
the only thing you got to consider. Got to consider yeah. the fact you guys are a group of five, the action economy. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. come into play. That last fight, I was like, all right, this orc's going to be pretty beefy. This is going to be interesting when he gets here. And then didn't expect tiny angry fish. Tiny angry fish. Yeah, you had like two fistfuls of, of dice. You're like, look at all my fish. That was an exciting, uh. some exciting dice rolls on my end of the table. <laughs> I had a good time. I had a good time with my dice. I'm very happy for you. But it really, this is the part where, and also I guess just to, to kind of explain how we've done it up to this point. Level one, I really just wanted to, you know, scare the shit out of you. Success. Almost, you have, <laughs> almost have player death. Very We came within a dice roll. I'm just glad I kept my cool for that whole time, that whole fight. Yeah, no, you were very <laughs> calm. Yeah, I could tell. I was looking over at you, and not once did you have a look of worry on your face. No. It's not, not true. Not lashing out at my fellow players, nothing like that. Colin probably lost five pounds worth of sweat <laughs> last week. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch from so, where I'm sitting. So lashing out at his fellow players. But wow. the, you know, at level one, my whole intention was to, you know, do that and get you to this point. But this is the point where it all changes. This is the point where we start to hard track experience and really all the decisions are in your hands now. You know, you didn't have a lot of choice on whether or not that ship got struck by lightning. This is the point where it's on you and how much experience you have when we get to the, you know, hard stuff or whatever, that's on you. It is on you. That's my way of dumping even more of the feeling bad stuff, just <laughs> taking it off my shoulders. This is your fault. This is You're your fault. Me do this. If you die from here on out, <laughs> it's your fault. I mean, not to mine. Be honest, it was probably my fault if I died last session. Uh, so let's let's go back to where we were. We were back. You guys. Just spent the night floating on your raft castle in the middle of who knows where. And this double-massaged sailing ship has come up, has, has noticed you in the waters, and has come up to where you're all floating. And they're all calling down to you. See the name on the ship? It's, it's, called, the, or it's just called Mercy. And most of the crew is leaning over the rail, shouting in a language you don't recognize. And they throw a rope over the side of their ship. But it is now on you. You getting on the ship? What what do you do? You can hear their calls up top. What do these lovely folks look like? They look like humans. Look like humans? Mm-hmm. Are they well-dressed? Are they like a bunch of privateers? Like, do they have a uniform? Or are vast, they vast. Uh, there's... Maybe about half a dozen of them leaning over the rail. Most of them are just dressed like typical sailors, you know, the, the poofy white shirt, because we don't have enough of those oh, yeah. going hey. around yet. Hey. Uh, and one of them is dressed quite nicer than the rest. He's got, like, the, the typical kind of captain's overcoat, and he's leaning over the rail as well. Yeah, they all seem to be human. Is there a flag that we can see? There's no flag hanging from the ship, no. Mm. Do they smell human? <laughs> Do they smell human? I yeah. don't think you can. This is a big, Far big away. boat. All right. Well, it's a big boat, so they're probably like 20, 30 feet above you. So, yeah. All right. Well, the good news is they don't stink that bad then. That's true. Uh, it doesn't well, carry. L- Lustra feet. is freezing and is filled with heavy, wet clothes, and he's just going to climb up. Taking this. the rope. I'm taking the rope. How many um, cannons on the boat? 
How many cannons that on the boat? That we can see. You can't see any cannons. Can't see any cannons. Okay. Hmm. Merlin feels the same way. If there's a rope, he's going to climb it to get out of this water. Okay. Two of you start climbing the rope. Yeah, no cannons in sight. Matter of fact, you don't even see any of the, uh, what do they call them, portholes? Yeah. Nothing. ports, yeah. None. Not a window on this boat. That makes makes Cell feel better. Uh, So Cell is going to go ahead and uh, climb the rope as well. Stiletto's going to wait till last. Uh, As soon as Merlin heads up onto the rope, Tess sort of like shakes herself out of her little reverie of the pity party she's been in all night, and she's going to follow them up as well. Okay. Anyone not going up? I don't think so. We're all going. I'm going to wait till like there's a good distance, and I'll just be ready to pot shot on the off chance anybody flips. Okay, so four of them get to the top, and you're not there. Are you going up now? Yeah. Okay. So everybody goes up. Quick, get secure there. the raft castle. <laughs> and they kind of huddle around you. You see this this man in the, the, the nice uh, big overcoat, and he's also got a poofy white shirt underneath. And he's, oh, oh, oh common? Hello? Do you, do you understand me? Duh. We cannot understand you, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, understand, yeah, uh, common. Uh, he kind of looks at the uh, still fairly fresh wound on Tess's chest and points, you need doctor. Uh, is there one? Uh, uh, doctor. And he says something, he says something to a, a nearby sailor, one of them scurries away, assumedly to go get the doctor. So you all lucky, you, you lucky we find. Very. Yeah. We're so cold. Merlin is like shivering. He's like damn near hypothermic at this point. And uh, he kind of looks at the captain and asks like, how close are we to Waterdeep? Is Waterdeep? What is Waterdeep? Oh, shit. <laughs> Waterdeep, uh, it's like a big city, uh, you know, with a dock. You must know it. You probably take like lots of goods there, uh, sell a lot of stuff in Waterdeep. I'm sure you'd recognize it. We gotta be close. There's no, no water deep. And he sees you kind of shivering. Do you need blanket? Yes. Oh, we get blanket. And another hollered order from this captain. Another one of the sailors scurries off to go get you a blanket. He extends his hand. Says, Captain Baker. You call me Captain Baker. All right, Captain. I'm Merlin. Merlin. Merlin Carlisle. You lucky man, Merlin Carlisle. Water dangerous. Many piranha, many shark. You lucky we find. I, yeah, I agree, agree, Captain. I agree. And uh, I tell him, you're also lucky, Captain Baker. There's a lot of lightning in this area. In fact, that's how we ended up in the water. Big lightning struck ship, ship break, we in water. Oh, big ship, storm. That's right. This is not good. Very lucky, very lucky. Uh, So it's about this time, too, that you see slightly shorter gentleman. He's also wearing a overcoat, much like the captain. He's got a bunch of tools and pouches around his waist. He's wearing a bowler hat. He's got these big, fat lips <laughs> and big, fat earlobes. Very uh, jelly-like face. 
and he kind of waddles towards Tess and sees, you know, the, the, the wound on your chest and a small little smile appears on his face. I think maybe he's almost excited that his services are of, of need. And he points to you and says, Oh, you, are you hurt? You need band-aid? Badly. Yes. She's just like slumped against the side of the boat. And he kind of, he lifts like the arm on the side that you're injured. And then he takes a bone saw from his waist and points at your elbow. We cut here. What? No, 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 no. That's, uh, that's not necessary. You don't want cut arm? Uh, no, it's still, still fine. And she, like, waves it around, like, wincing, but, like, trying to smile through the pain. Like, um, I see it's still fine. He kind of shrugs his shoulders as if to say, suit yourself. He says, suit self. And looks at the rest of you. Anybody? Need band-aid? Cut arm? No, no, no. Uh, Merlin is good. Merlin is okay. Are those the same thing? You mean, is is a band-aid cutting an arm? Same thing? Uh, no speak, same thing. Cut arm? Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm sure you'll find... Someone who in need of your services. Shrugs again. The captain introduces this man. This, uh, this is Dr. Rayner. Rayner, take care of you if hurt. He, he make band-aid. He can cut arm. Cut leg, too, if need. Ah. Uh, I don't think so, no. no. Um, Suit I... self. Uh, Slash would like to take notice of what the rest of the crew is doing. Is everybody sort of like made a semicircle around the the castaways here, or are they off doing their own thing now? Like this is common fare. Few of them have kind of gone off and are, are making sure that the ship is kind of turning back and getting back on course. Uh, but yeah, a few of them are kind of staring, seeing what's going on. Cell looks to the captain. So, um, where are we going? We're going, uh... Uh, not far. It's maybe two day, three day, maybe. Sometime water dangerous, sometime water shallow. Uh, you don't worry about this. Everyone okay? Everyone? He looks at uh, the four of you who haven't gotten medical treatment yet. You sure you're fine? You hungry? And the blanket arrives. Oh, here he is. A blanket is here. Here, blanket. Really, you need anything? You hungry? Uh, yeah, I'll have something to eat. Um, but you said the the waters were shallow. Aren't we in the Sword Sea? Like that's not shallow. The Sword Sea? No, 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 no. Yes, please, please. We talk later. We must make sure you're okay. And he barks again, and another sailor runs off, hopefully to get some food. You assume. He seems to be insisting. It's like, we must, we make sure you're okay. Come, come, come. We come, we go down and hold uh, uh, Dr. Rainer, make sure everyone's okay. Come, come. And he starts walking towards, uh, there's a set of stairs, two sets of stairs actually in the kind of the middle of the main deck that lead down to the ship's hold. This is a big ship. It's got an aft castle, a, a, uh, we call it a uh, stern castle. It's a big old ship. 
but he leads you downstairs and kind of ushers you that way. Do you follow? As we're being ushered down towards the towards below decks, Tess is looking a little warily at uh, at Doctor Rayner and his bone saw, and she just says, "Um, well, I don't know if uh, if we need medical attention. Is there anywhere that we could, I don't know, at least stay and get our bearings a little bit? Uh, just." A, pl- a place for ourselves? I mean, I I don't mean to offend, but... No, no, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. We gave a good place. Uh, uh, good room's full, but... Yeah, come, come. And he ushers you downstairs. Tess is just going to try to look around at the rest of the crew and him, like, do... Is there any, like, sinister intent that she can glean? You can make an insight check. Cool. That is a six. No, they seem, so far, seem very hospitable. Cool. Offering you warm blankets, food. Free amputations? they're free amputations. There's a place downstairs to sleep, apparently. All right, well, honestly, I could use a lay down. Slash nods in agreement, and for once, I think we agree. Um, Slash, as he's moving towards the door for the deck that he's being ushered down, he would take stock of what's on the deck. Is there any equipment on the deck? Anything to indicate what kind of vessel this is? Is there big nets? Is there cannons? Ooh, that is a 21. 21 is pretty darn good. You start taking a close look at what's going on up here. There are two double or two doors at the back part of the ship that lead into the aft castle. They're both closed. Uh, you see the guy who ran off to go get a blanket. That's he went in there and came back out. And those few moments while the door was kind of swinging open, uh, you took a look in there and realized that there's a bunch of other doors in the aft castle. So it looks like quite a few rooms in the aft castle. The same is true for the stern castle. There's two doors that lead into it. They don't open. You're not sure what's in there. You count a total of 12 sailors, including... Excuse me. You count a total of 11 sailors, including Captain Baker and Dr. Rayner. You don't see any fishing equipment. Not a single fishing pole. Not a single fishing net. No fishing equipment whatsoever. There's, you know, a decent amount of coils of rope, barrels and sealed crates, that kind of thing. Uh, So you're not sure what exactly their purpose is, but it does not appear to be fishing. Uh, When it comes to the clothing that all of the sailors and the captain are wearing, um, do they have any baubles or any kind of insignia or logos, like be it through jewelry on their clothes, on their lapels or Anything like that that indicates that they're all part of the same crew? Or are they all completely unique in how they're dressed? They're, uh, the, the sailors, apart from the captain and the doctor, are all dressed you know, fairly similarly. It's not similar to the point that it looks like an official uniform, but it's, you know, it's all pretty typical worn-down sailor clothes. The poofy white shirt, the just linen pants with a you know, piece of rope. But no, I, no iconography or anything? None, no. Okay. Are there any sailors wearing said white shirts that might be dragonborn-sized? Got your back, man. 
Uh, no, no. Of all the of the eleven you've seen, none of them are dragonborn. All human. Okay, so no, no one six five Adonises. Nope. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, then Tess is just gonna like lean against Merlin, like just try to put as much weight as she can because she's trying to look tough, but she's still very anemic right now. Still and, feeling pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. A big hit. Um, and just gonna like rest her eyes. Yeah, for let sure. herself be led down. Stiletto's gonna pay attention to the difference in the walls and the doors as she goes down, just seeing how things change as we get further from the top deck. Yeah, sure. You can give me a perception. Fifteen. Fifteen. You've as you guys are headed down into the hold. See, the hold is fairly, it's a pretty large, empty room, pretty much. Uh, there's a bunch of crates and barrels, coils of rope, the same kind of stuff you saw up top. The back half of the hold is kind of where you're ushered to. Looks like, you know, that this is where they keep the spare sails, all the, you know, the spare cloth to repair sails, spare, spare rope, all that kind of thing. And in the front half of the hold, there are two other doors sealed, closed. Uh, you don't know what's in there. But there is two doors leading into the, the front half of the hold. But aside from that, I mean, nothing else really nothing else really changes. The only other thing you notice is that down here is a 12th person. There is a young boy in mean, his very early teens. He's got very shaggy yellow hair, uh, beaming eyes, very excited look on his face. He's got that same style sailor shirt on, looks pretty dirty and worn. He's wearing those uh, like linen shorts, piece of rope as a belt. He's barefoot. And as you guys kind of come down the stairs with Captain Baker and Dr. Rayner, this young boy gets very excited, kind of starts hopping back and forth on one foot. And Dr. Baker, or <laughs> Captain Baker, introduces him and says, Ah, oh, this young Colin, he take care of you. Really, no one's going to laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering how young Colin's going to take care of us. No one's <laughs> silence. What do I got to do? It's like, what did you, you know to say? <laughs> It's true. Me squinting suspiciously at Justin doesn't really come through the audio. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's, that's fair. It's great. <laughs> Jaw dropping. Great for radio. It's great. <laughs> this young Colin, he take care of you while you're here. Tess immediately charges spear <laughs> forward. <laughs> oh, man. It was written in this book. I had no choice. I thought about changing it. I was like, I, maybe I should change it so I'm not trolling Colin. Uh, but then I was like, oh, I get to troll Colin. <laughs> Come on, how many times has he trolled you? Right? N none. No times. So I Definitely didn't change not. it. I could still change it if you want. We could go with like adolescent Colin. <laughs> we could go with teenage Colin. What's more cringy? Pre-pubescent Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Tween. Tween Colin. Tween Colin. Oh, God. Uh, but adolescent Colin <laughs> waddles up. Very excitedly. He waddles he now. Waddles. Yeah. <laughs> waddles. He farts with every step he takes. Oh, poor, poor adolescent Colin. Tess is just going to go to sleep. 
Uh, uh, favorite NPC ever. <laughs> adolescent Colin. Uh, uh, but yeah, Captain Baker. This, this adolescent Colin, he take care of you. You need food, you talk adolescent Colin. You need arm cut off, he find Dr. Rayner for you. Anything you need, more blankets, pull tooth. Uh, teeth are okay. Maybe more blankets, though. Merlin will definitely ask for more blankets. Cell will ask for water. Sure. They get you all these things. And Captain Baker says, yes, this part of holding back, uh, you feel free. You stay here. This uh, only spare supply. And no stealing. You steal. We have to throw back in ocean. Uh, you don't open doors. Not your business. Uh, but you can mingle, you come to top, get fresh air, it's no problem, but no open door. Uh, door up top, door down here, not your business. You stay here, we come to port two, three days, no problem. You need food, you talk to adolescent Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds straightforward. <laughs> You're being awfully nice, and I hate to say it, but is there anything you're looking in return out of us? Because you're doing that? I mean, we're taking your food, your hospitality. Oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's no problem. What do we do? We leave you in water. We, we don't leave you in water. Unless you steal. Then we put you back in water. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, okay, so Lustra feeling very awkward about the whole situation. Can I do like some in talking about cutting off of arms and legs and stuff like that and don't see what they have? Are they like smuggling like body parts or something or something in regards to like chopping people up and using the limbs for something like is there an insight check for that of some kind <laughs> Do you have, uh, are any of you proficient in medicine absolutely not nope, nope. no no one's proficient in medicine no I mean, you can still roll a medicine check i guess it's just if someone was proficient i could maybe just toss it to them you know but if no one is go ahead natural 20 nat oh. 20 what comes to a 22 nat 20 for a 22. I mean, you do carry around a femur all the time. So. <laughs> you don't notice a whole lot. I mean, you'd have to maybe take more of a look around the boat to see a, a total, uh, to get a total inventory of what they have available here. But from what he's wearing around his belt, his waist, this Dr. Rayner seems, it's not that he's ill-equipped. Well, he is. He's ill-equipped. He's got these Band-Aids. He's got a bone saw. <laughs> And on further inspection, you notice he does have a, a pair of uh, forceps, uh, I guess for that tooth pulling that they offered you a few moments ago. But aside from that, there's no, like typically a doctor like this might have, you know, a little pack with needle and thread to sew up some stitches, maybe have a couple of vials with some healing potions, that kind of thing. This guy's got cloth band-aids, a bone saw, and some forceps. <laughs> Going full Sweeney Todd on us, man. Okay. So just under-equipped. Okay. Maybe not ill-equipped as much as just improper. Impro you know, it's just not the right stuff to be <laughs> <laughs> just, This is not ideal. It's like a hammer and only screws. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I see, I see. This is definitely a doctor. Not some guy I met at the bus stop and gave 20 bucks to. Don't worry about it. But sure to uh, what they said, I mean, Rainer, Dr. Rainer starts going around while Captain Baker is watching and he kind of gives all of you a quick once over and he says, you sure? No, you need, you need arm cut. 
And he kind of looks at Stiletto. Got the arm? Just fine. Looks at Lustra. You pull tooth? You know what? Lustra feels like he needs to pay them back. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he goes, yeah, sure. Why not? He gets really excited. <laughs> really, really, really excited. We'll consider this payment for, you know, being on the boat. And I'll lean down and, you know, give a half smirk to show my big old fangs, my dragonborn fangs. You want him to rip one of your teeth out? Yeah, he feels he feels like he needs to give some kind of payment. It does look like he really wants to. Stiletto's <laughs> going to plug her ears. Getting yeah. ready for the scream. All right. Sal is looking intently, studying every bit of this, this interaction. Captain Baker looks a little surprised at your response. He's like, oh, really? Uh, but Rainer, on the other hand, just wastes no time. He's almost drooling at the mouth. Mm-hmm. Grabs his forceps, puts them on a tooth, yanks them. Let's see how much it hurts. <laughs> how much tooth damage? Yeah, I'm going to roll this die to see how much this hurts. Yeah, and before, he, before he goes, he goes, this is thank you for saving us. As I give him a grin so he can pull, the, pull a tooth. He seems like he barely hears you. He's so focused <laughs> and so excited about this. Oh, but he, you know what? He has gentle hands and you only take four points of, I guess we'll call it, bludgeoning slashing <laughs> okay tooth Only pulling four, four points. points of damage for a tooth pull four oh. points oh. as really he not. just i mean he just he takes his forceps grabs and then yanks there's no he yeah. doesn't even yank down he yanks out oh. <laughs> oh. a bunch of your gum out with it Ugh. oh you're really not to get into the root canal oh your mouth is just oh. leaking blood now and dr rayner scurries away in excitement with his tooth <laughs> oh you're welcome <laughs> okay oh and i'm just gonna put my mouth my hand up against my mouth and just kind of <laughs> you know rub it for a while oh see if we can regurgitate to cauterize it <laughs> merlin looks at lustra you could have just gotten a tattoo you know that would have been equally as hardcore uh, no, I feel, uh, I don't know where I'm from. It's doing some kind of trade is usually pretty important. I feel like this is me paying them back somehow. So a uh, tooth is equal to life? No, it's just something to say thank you. That's all. It's no one ever let him do that before. He'll be very happy. <laughs> well, it's, it's my way of saying thank you for picking us up from the ocean. Ah, you nice oh, people. You nice people. Everybody nice lucky. You lucky we find you. We lucky. Everyone lucky. Hooray. Everyone lucky. Uh, anyway, like I say, you need food. You talk to adolescent Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. I might not want to eat for a while. Oh. You need anything. More tooth hurt. You talk to adolescent Colin. Uh, you stay down here and hold. You can wander. You need fresh air up top. You know open doors. None of your business. You have questions? No, I, th- I think None? I'm good. None? Shakes uh. her head. Slash asks standard meal times or just get food when you're hungry oh uh what time you eat uh he looks at the group and he sort of you know puts a hand on his own stomach realizing that he hasn't eaten in a while it's been probably about a day since i've last eaten oh you need to eat now i would prefer yes okay we get food now he barks a few orders Starts to walk away unless anyone has any other questions for this captain before he kind of leaves you in his storage room. Yeah, Tess is going to have laid down in like a pile of spare sails 
And she's just going to look up and say, We are all lucky, lucky, yes, but what brought you this far out into whatever sea this is? Uh, this sea? Oh, we're not that far. We, we travel. We, uh, we come one place, go to different. Uh, we go Dominia. You know Dominia? You don't know Dominia. Dominia. Ah, you in Dominia. But we sail, we sail from different place. We come from Martira Bay. It's in Darkon. You know Darkon? The Chult, right? I don't says. know no Chult. Oh. But you in Dominia. Okay, Dominia. All right. I'll, I, I think I might have heard of that before. Uh, Merlin definitely has not heard of that before. <laughs> A very worldly young gentleman. If you have nothing else for this captain, he's going to go about his business, but feel free to ask him more questions. Go, captain. And we are going to where? Is there a city we're going to? We go to Island, Island of Dominia. Island of Dominia. Now we're in waters around Island of Dominia, but that's where we go, Dominia. We're there two days, maybe three. When you get close to Island, water is shallow, is very dangerous. Could take a long time. Is there a place on Dominia that can house people like ourselves? Yes, no problem. We take you there. They speak common in Dominia? This doctor in Dominia speak common. And and what is the name of the language that you all speak on Dominia? Or <laughs> of course. Of course, I see. I you see. don't know. It's old oh, language. You don't know. It's old language. Uh, and you can make a, a check if you want, but it... Uh, what kind of check are you making the bard make? Is there a... Maybe history, maybe? History? Sure. Uh, that is a 23. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't recognize the language for sure, and it's odd enough that, like, it doesn't even remind you of anything you, you're aware of. It's so odd and so guttural that even the word he used to say the name of the language, I don't even, I can't even say the name of the language, right? This is very mm. odd. Hmm. Slash also speaks primordial, if it's any reminiscent of that or not even a reminiscent of that. I'm 100% sure none of you <laughs> know what this language gotcha. is. Gotcha. Okay. So we have Darkon, Martia Bay, Dominia Island. Awesome. He also, before the captain leaves, he goes, is there anyone that looks like, and he points to Lustra and he points to himself, looks like us there? Uh, so you're asking if there's Dragonborn in Wanti? Yeah. He shrugs. Don't know. Maybe. Dominia, everybody kind of look the same sometime. You don't worry about it. We be there two days, three days. Doctor and Dominia, you take good care. You take good care. Slash nods and looks to the rest of the group. Okay, you stay out of way. We bring food, yeah? And with that, he's gone. And a few moments later, young, or excuse me, adolescent Colin, because I don't want to offend Colin. Yeah, so no, changes. Adolescent name. is so much better. <laughs> he shows up with a bag of hardtack, a bucket of water, and a ladle. Oh, great hardtack! Uh, as I'm tonguing the hole that's in my mouth <laughs> now. Oh, this is gonna be no good. <laughs> well, look on, look on the bright side. Um, it might soak up some of the blood. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Thank God I got sharp teeth. It might. And then young Colin, he. And then adolescent Colin, <laughs> he sits on the stairwell leading up to the, the main deck, almost kind of watching you guys. So let me give you guys a, a map here. Again, you've essentially been given the okay 
to roam and mingle so long as it does not involve going through a door. You've been told to mind your business when it comes to that. Uh, But if you need a breath of fresh air up top, that kind of thing, you're welcome to it. Adolescent Colin at your service. <laughs> Colin's going to kill me. <laughs> Colin is going to murder me. Uh, what, what's the DC to just hurl a small child, an adolescent child off the side of a boat <laughs> asking for a friend? Plus two for adolescent. Excellent. Cool. What is a, I want to know a little bit more what adolescent Colin looks like. I know you described what he's wearing, but like, what's the expression on his face? Is he just like deadpan staring at this group? Is he, does he look somewhat excited that people are here? What's going on? Uh, Probably mouth breathing. I'll get back to you. I'll, I'll, I'll send you Colin's oh, yearbook picture. <laughs> oh, this, can we get that? Can we get that up on the the Twitter? Can you just put a picture of Colin's eighth grade yearbook? Please don't. <laughs> oh man. Also, on that note, do not look at the early photos on my Facebook profile. It's oh, man. problematic. Yeah, definitely will not do that. Noted. Dear, yeah. Dear Cullen's mom. I Hi. I wore a trilby. Oh no. <laughs> a what? Milady. Um I I wore a trilby to high school. What is that? What, what a is fedora. That? Uh it's yeah. it's a fedora. Oh, a fedora. A tiny oh. fedora. Yeah. Did you call it a trilby because you didn't want to call it a fedora? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the the internet fedora is actually a trilby. This doesn't matter. Why are we talking about um, <laughs> Exactly. So really I, 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 it. Uh, Tess would like to walk directly up to adolescent Colin and say, uh, Hello there. It's very kind of you to assist us and... I'm very glad that no one is thinking about what you look like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he nods very excitedly. Uh, he puts his hand to his mouth. Food? Uh, y- yes, thank you. He runs off, comes back maybe two, three minutes later with another piece of hardtack, hands it to you. Uh, she takes it and gives him a warm smile, tries to take a bite, and then just winds up just like putting it in her pocket. <laughs> Uh, hmm, very, thank, thank you. How long have you been here? He smiles, nods, puts his hand to his mouth. Foot? Ah, uh, would, would you like, are you hungry? You get the impression very quickly that he does not understand common. Oh. Uh, Merlin will take, like, a piece of hardtack out of his hands and, like, break it in half and then, like, offer him a half of the hardtack. He, you know, waves no with his hand, scrunches up his face, pats his belly as if to indicate he's full. Slash, realizing that Colin cannot speak common... God uh, damn it. (laughs) ...is going to... Adolescent Colin. Sorry, correct. Yes, adolescent Colin. Adult Colin speaks great common. I'm, I'm sure he <laughs> Thank does. Thank you. Thank, thanks, um, bud. Realizing that adolescent Colin can't speak common um, and looking to the rest of the group, he's going to sit down and he's going to go ahead and ritual cast detect magic. Okay. See if there's anything magical on this that's, that's noticeable. Talk to me about detect magic. Oh, what's the range... What's the range, really? Is That's what I'm asking. 30 feet, I believe, and it's 10 minutes. From where you're at right now, no. There is nothing on young Colin that seems to be magical, nor is there anything within 30 feet of you that seems to be magical. So what would you like to do? Cell would like to approach one of the red doors and just press an ear to it. Okay. You make it 
a few feet past kind of the middle of the hold where the stairs are. Mm-hmm. And young Colin hops off the stairs and starts wagging his finger. No. Cell sort of, you know, stands upright, tilts his head, looks to the door, looks back to Colin, shrugs and walks back into the hold. Okay. Merlin is like, he's like shaken off like the cold. He's got the blankets on. And then once he's like, kind of stabilize a little mentally, he's going to get like a little angry because he has no idea where he is. And he's going to turn over to uh, Tess and uh, Stiletto and be like, you guys were talking some very weird stuff earlier. What? Where are we? What's going on? We're not near Waterdeep. We're not near Chult. Dominia? What the fuck? Stiletto is going to take uh, the book out of her jacket and start flipping through, looking for any of the names. Okay. Uh, trying to figure out if uh, Van Richten left any notes about that. And j- just sort of like while uh, Merlin's going on about that, it's effectively like a one hand, you know, just a finger one minute. And it's like, sure. Trying to f- just give me one moment. I'll see if, if there's anything there. Which word do you want to start with? Because the... We're going to go with uh, history checks on all of these, but depending on the word, the check might be a little different. Um, let's, the broadest was probably Artenia Bay or Darkon. Uh, so you've heard Darkon, Martira Bay. Martira Bay? Martira Sorry. with an M in front. Martira. Martira Bay, Darkon, and Dominia are the names you've uh, heard. I want to start with Martira Bay. Okay. Give me a history check. 13. 13 is enough with Martira Bay. You don't get a lot of details on it. You don't have a lot written down, but you do recognize the name because it is probably the largest settlement in Darkon. And since you're probably, it's probably in the same page or section of your notebook, Darkon is very much a domain of dread. Darkon is the one. You can make the, a, you can make another history on dark on itself if you want. Eight, no nine. Nine is dark on is one of those topics that even if you don't talk about the domains of dread with Van Richten for very long, dark on is probably going to come up because dark on is literally the largest domain of dread there is. It is the biggest one as far as area is concerned and you also remember without a check that the domains of dread there's a lot of them there's dozens countless even no one really knows how many of them there are but they vary widely in size it could be as small as you know a small village or it could be like darkon which is essentially the size of a small country it's darkon is as big as they get it's the biggest one known to exist. Stiletto is just going to take a moment. She's going to sigh and look around, seeing everybody with ties to either the Mists or Van Richten himself, and figuring or hoping that this is probably what he started training her for. She just looks around and goes, Darkon is... Supposedly the largest domain of dread. Heaven forbid we find a larger one. I don't think we're going back to Waterdeep soon. And for the first time, you see her take off her hat, 
loosen the scarf a little bit, you see ears not quite as pointy as Tess's, uh, a face not quite as, you know, humanly rounded as Merlin's. You see her half-elf features for the first time. She goes, Well, this persona was for Waterdeep. I'm Lenara Theradane. And I believe we're all trapped. Trapped? What do you mean trapped? I need to go to Waterdeep. You don't understand. My dad told me I need to go to Waterdeep. I can't go to the Manterra Bay, Darkon. I don't know any of this stuff, but I can't go there. Trapped by what? Too late. I think you're already here. Slash looks over to Lunara and asks, So, when it comes to Domains of Dread, is there... Is this something thematic? Should we be scared or dreadful of things that are coming to the shores? Well, that depends. Do you fear death? Slash doesn't answer. He just stares blankly and looks back over to Lenara. So would Lenara know, like, how the domains are formed and sort of how the magic works and what holds them together? How they're formed? Uh... Probably not quite. Uh, you would know that that's one of the things no one really knows. There is no solid answer for that question. But if you want to give me a history on maybe why they're formed, uh, we, can, we can go that route. Natural 20 Nat- for a 23. 20. Hey. Very, very nice. Very nice. Very well done. You, it's kind of like what you were saying while you guys were still floating on the raft castle. Mm-hmm. Stiletto, we now know his actual name is Lenara, trained with Van Richten, but not for very long. And while she, you know, while you were floating there on that raft castle, I remember you mentioning how she wishes more than anything she would have had more time with this guy, right? I mean, with only a couple months, you essentially got, you got the equivalent of, you know, Domains of Dread 101, probably a good enough student to make it to the 102 courses yes <laughs> but you know, there was just not enough time to get to the real advanced it's stuff like like a summer class all crushed in exactly yeah. but you were a good little note taker and from what you know the domains of dread think of the do- each domain of dread as its own tiny little bubble i say tiny but some of the bubbles are a lot bigger than others, Darkon being perhaps the biggest bubble. But each one is completely isolated from the others. Each one is a bubble, in a sense. And in between all these bubbles, kind of holding them all together, are the mists. The mists are the space in between that kind of holds everything in. Each domain of dread's purpose is essentially to imprison a dark lord. Every domain is ruled over by one of these dark lords, but their curse, so to speak, is that they can never leave their own domain of dread. So the ruler of Darkon can't leave Darkon. The ruler of whatever domain of dread we're talking about cannot leave that domain of dread. So it acts as a prison. But that is essentially their, their purpose, I suppose, is imprisonment. The imprisonment of Dark Lords. 
So Lennar is going to tell you basically that because I can't phrase it as good as Justin. <laughs> and then she'll follow up with, so upon awakening with my powers, I stumbled upon Van Richten, who I don't know what divine or arcane spark he saw in me, but he started training me and it, it kept me focused. And I, uh, upon finding out that there was such darkness out there, beyond evil, it's just darkness. I was ready to be prepared for that, and I assume something stronger than fate itself threw us all on that boat one day. That's a good point. It is kind of some bad... We haven't sc- barely scratched the surface of backstories, but already a lot of odd coincidences. Again, you guys know nothing about each other's backstories aside from what has been said since, you know, the start of episode one. So for that, you just know nothing about each other and seeing a lot of odd coincidences and yeah i guess just a kind of cliff notes version of uh of what i was saying the real important facts there that lenar is aware of is each domain of dread has a dark lord dark lord is essentially in charge of that domain but at the same time imprisoned by it because the dark lords cannot travel through the mists the mists being that space in between all those bubbles that are domains And I'm sure Van Richten would have been very quick to tell you that nowhere is safe in the domains of dread that, you know, mechanically you could be a level 20 and there's nowhere in the domains of dread where you will not be in over your head. This is an incredibly horrible, dangerous place. I'd pick the abyss or hell over where we are. She smiles politely. Merlin, uh, well, for Merlin, this is all way over his head and definitely over this pay grade. He has never heard of this stuff. Magic, really not his forte. And the only logical response when you don't understand things is to just get more angry. So he's going <laughs> to uh, pull out a dagger and uh, kind of point it over at uh, Lenara, point it over at Tess. So you knew about this? You knew this whole time. This was out there. We were on the ship. You saw the fog. You saw the lightning. You couldn't do anything about it. And now we're just trapped here. Uh, Tess is going to step in between you two and say, What would you have her do? What would you have had any of us do? Well, I don't know. You seem to add your two cents uh, also about this. You two seem to know a lot, actually. Slash immediately steps up, stands straight to his full height, and barks, Meat is weak, but knowledge and understanding what this is is going to be paramount to us really escaping what this place is. They have knowledge, and they are more than the sum of their parts. So calm yourself. Like, I've, I've only been a sorceress for, like, a couple months. Like, if I could cast Wish right now, I wish this definitely wouldn't have happened. Merlin, I... Uh, points over to Adolus and Colin. Does he know that we're here? Does he know the, all this trouble that you've pointed out? He sees you pointing at him and waves at back <laughs> at you. <laughs> Big you excited leave, smile on his face. You leave Adolus and Colin out of this. <laughs> He's a precious bean, and we should all give him all of our money. <laughs> I already gave Rainer a tooth. I have nothing else to give. Um, <laughs> question. Uh, message is technically telepathic. 
telepathic, does that like transcend language barrier? Uh, some spells do. I don't think plain message does. I think you need like comp. I think that's tongues, maybe. maybe oh yeah, comprehend languages. languages. Yeah, okay, cool. It's one of those, but it's not message. Okay. What about the captain? Does he know where we are? Maybe we should go ask him. I get the feeling he knows where we are, and I uh, my money is on slavers or cannibals. So if anybody's wanting to place bets, Cell points over to Lunara and says, um, "Put me down for slavers." Excellent. Writes As. in her little book. <laughs> Slavers. Slavers. And, and look, <laughs> while we are in a domain of dread and things look bleak, one thing I haven't mentioned is while I am looking for Rena, someone else also got taken that's close to me, and that's my father. And he had an understanding. Like, his eyes are burned into my, into my mind. He knew the mists was taking him. He knew what the mists were. And while I'm trying to save Rena, I'm also trying to save him. He can take care of himself, but I know he knows something. So there is, there are allies here. So we got to take the silver linings where we can. As uh, you guys are conversing, trying to put your heads together, come up with some answers two things happen and everyone give me a perception check i think oh no 19 uh unnatural 20 same unnatural 20 unnatural 20 merlin gets a 17 oh tess is still anemic because she got a nine (laughs) that's still pretty good average there two things happen that you notice one you notice there's a very strange smell in the room that you're in this part of the hold you're in it seems to be coming from above you uh so basically the room you're in right now is right underneath the stern castle so it smells like there's something in the stern castle that's there's a really bad smell coming out of there very chemically uh almost reminds you of maybe like chlorine it's very chemically the second thing you notice happen while you're sitting here talking is one of the sailors comes down the stairs with a bucket of hardtack. It's not a massive bucket, you know, just like a pail, I guess. And you see some hardtack poking out of the top of it. Uh, A second pail in his other hand with water and a ladle. And he opens those one of those two doors in the hole down here that you were told not to go through. He opens it up and goes through those two doors with that stuff. And a few minutes pass, and he comes back out maybe five, ten minutes later, and both buckets are empty. And he goes back upstairs. I feel like they're feeding something back there. I think that much is obvious, but considering the size of those rooms, and even from here, like I know Cell didn't get a chance to put his ear to the door, but approaching the stairs and sort of like, trying his best to focus on any sound or any sort of movement, creaking of boards, that kind of thing. Um, Can he make some kind of perception check to see if he can hear if there's a lot of movement in that door, beyond those doors, if there's any movement beyond those doors? You kind of make it Something heavy, something light. You make it towards the middle where uh, young Colin is hanging out on the stairwell. He sees you approach and puts his hand to his mouth. Food? Cell nods. He runs upstairs. 
it gives you a few, you get a few moments, I guess, to go closer to that door. If you'd like, and give me your perception check. Yeah, he's going to do that. 15. 15. You barely hear. It sounds like maybe it's coming from below you, not necessarily behind those doors. Those doors are in the same level you're on right now. Yeah. The sound you hear is coming more from below you. You just hear this. Cell's uh, going to dart back to where he was waiting for Colin, or adolescent Colin. Until he returns, when he returns, he's going to take the hard tack. And with the one little tooth that's sticking out over his, over his gum barrel, he's going to sort of just slam it into that and just sort of suck on it as he's walking back to the group. And he's going to turn to them all and say, well... Good news. If they're slavers, then their fairy is quite chicken. I, I, what I mean to say is that there's a bunch of chickens on board. Why don't you give me uh, an insight check, actually? Are you sure it wasn't one of those ancient languages we don't understand? <laughs> <laughs> uh, insight, that's 17. 17 is pretty good. You've heard the sound of a chicken before. You're a big fan of meat, so you know, you know you're chicken. That did not sound like a very convincing chicken. It sounded more like someone doing a horrible impression of a chicken. <laughs> but enough about Justin's chicken impression. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounded like somebody was actually... It sounded like a bad impression of a chicken. So like yes. somebody was actually going... Bark, 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 bark. Not, not an actual chicken, but... Bark, bark. like you. Okay. So in which case, Cell would come back and say, well... I would say it's a point for slavers, since it seems like mentally deranged folk, perhaps, are on the other side of the ship, believing themselves chicken. Or maddened by the mist. Merlin shakes his head. What are you talking about? He's just about had enough. Points over at Lenara, says, you're coming with me. And uh, goes over to Adolescent Colin. Captain, Captain Baker now. He takes his hand, puts it on his mouth. You need food? No, no food, and Merlin is just going to push him aside and walk up the stairs. Yeah, sure. You're allowed to go up there. Yeah. Uh, you're allowed yeah. to go anywhere that doesn't involve opening, does not involve opening a door. So yeah, you go right up, you see Captain Baker's the, uh, on top of the aft castle behind the wheel, directing one of the sailors. There's uh, a sailor in each of the crow's nests, the rest of them kind of running around the deck doing sailor things, and yeah, you can storm right up to the captain. We have several days. Should we not rest first before? No, I'm no rest. Absolutely no rest. And uh, goes over to Captain Baker and says, we're trapped. She said we're trapped and we need to get out of here. What do you know? So, oh, trapped. Uh, uh, maybe trapped. Yeah. <laughs> Reassuring. It's a living. I like not think of it like that. It's... <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> it's not okay. It is not okay. It's, it's fine. Doctor and Dominia eat a good care. We treat go. We give blanket. We give food. <laughs> Do you want to go back in ocean? No, I don't want to go back in ocean. I want to go back to water deep. Orchard. Hey, look, I I don't know this water deep. You in you in Dominia. You in land of mist. This. If you get out, it's because Miss say you can get out. It's no use trying. No, 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 no. No use trying. We have to try. We must try. You have to know something. I tell you what I know is land of mist. Now Dominia, 
Earlier in dark on this all end of mist. <laughs> okay. Okay, once we once we get to where we're going, I'm going to find out how to get out of here and then and then and then we'll see. Uh, we'll see Dr. if we're trapped. Dr. Heinfroth tell you same thing. Same thing. Dr. Heinfroth, he in charge of uh how you say uh uh like doctor building. Doctor building? Yeah. Hospital. Uh, hos- hos- hospital. Hospital. Okay. Hos- this is Dr. Building. L- Lenara wipes the spittle up from hospital off of her face. <laughs> <laughs> he in charge of uh, Dr. Bill Hospital. Hey, he's tell you same thing. Mist say you no go, then you no go. He take good care of you. He's is he um, more better equipped than... Can he remove arms and legs much better than uh, the ship? No offense. Uh, doctor, Heinfroth, best doctor. He good best doctor. doctor. Okay. Good, good doctor. He take good care. We go there, we stock boat back up, and then we go back to Darkon. If you want, you come with us back, but now we go Island of Dominia. Uh, but if Dr. Heinfroth say you can come back with us, we come back. This is boat. This is Dr. Wow. Heinfroth boat. And you will deliver us to him? To Island, yes. To Island? Island of Dominia. Then this we is are where he is, yes. Free to go from there. It is everything is up to Doctor. Everything is up to Doctor. But I see why not. I do not see why not. We load boat back up and then you come back with us. We go to Darkon. It's no problem. Wherever you want to go. All right. Okay, then. I'll tell you what, Captain. You just get us there in one piece and that'll be good enough for me. But if... Other weird stuff starts to happen. I'm going to have to tell my dad, and he's going to have a <laughs> lot more to say about this than me. Did you just ask to talk to the boat's manager and say, your dad will beat this guy up? Like <laughs> My dad will sue you into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not my boat. You have to sue Dr. Heinfroth. My dad owns Waterdeep. <laughs> dad sound very scary. Very scared of your dad. <laughs> Insight check. <laughs> I rolled a three. Yeah, that's enough to realize he is not that scared of Merlin's dad. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what he tells you. You're in Dominia, which apparently uh, you're heading to the island of Dominia. Right now you're in the ocean or the waters surrounding that island. And according to, doc, uh, to, according to Captain Baker... There is a hospital run by a guy named Dr. Heinfroth on the island of Dominia. And that is where this ship is headed. And it sounds like this crew answers to that Dr. Heinfroth. He owns this boat. Lenara thinks, hospital? More like asylum. It's more like uh, Dr. Building, I call. Dr. Building. I don't know this asylum. What is Asylum. A while, while uh, Merlin and Lenara are up and about talking to the captain, uh, Tess is going to look to Lustra and say, um, I'm not sure if those two are quite in the right mind right now. I'm I'm worried about them. Would you mind going to check to see if they haven't gotten tossed overboard yet? 
still tonguing away at his missing where his missing tooth is. Yeah, we definitely got to keep with strength in numbers, I think. Right, Slash, don't you agree? Strength in numbers? He nods. So you guys are all kind of going to make your way up to the, the top deck, are uh, you? Tess is actually trying to get rid of Looster right now. Oh, well, yeah, Looster is going to go up and make sure that, you know, they're not causing too much of a ruckus. I lost sure. a tooth to keep rapport. I'm going to try and keep that rapport. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so just Tess and Slash downstairs and the three of you mm-hmm. go up top. Then when Lustra heads upstairs, Tess is going to look at Salash and sort of pat the the section of sails that she's sit, sitting on invitingly. Just look over to it, glance, pat beside her. An eyebrow raises on Salash, but... He blinks a few times and in recognition and comes and sits next to next to Tess. Silash, I'm not sure what you meant when we first met. I wasn't sure then when you were confused when I was kind to you. But I think I see now. Why are you really here? Your actions are not those of a people watcher. Miles, make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, that's a ten. Oh, shit. She cast backstory on you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, no. Oh. It's, uh, yeah. Keep going. Never gonna fuck. Don't mind me. <laughs> Don't mind me. Don't mind Finally, me. All, <laughs> all the sexual hate fucking tension. I rolled a die for no reason. Um, Just keep on going. So, now I'm more scared. Cell <laughs> looks over at, at Tess. On the contrary, I am here to people watch in the most honest sense of the word. I'm trying to learn more about how you work, how you interact, what makes you tick. Why this this thinking meat has any kind of drive. You see, I know what I am. And I know what I am is not limited by what, what vessel I might find myself in. I know that being a wantee certainly might make me more precious, valuable perhaps. But having partly human features also has its own power. You see, having both wanty and human blood of sorts, it's constantly in conflict. I've always found myself with wanty brethren. Now I wish to seek out the power in the human side of me, but I've never quite understood it. I've never quite found any kind of sensibility for it. So yes, I am a people watcher. Perhaps... More so than you might realize. Tess looks down at her, uh, at her folded hands, makes eye contact and says, Okay, I think they could use you upstairs. I'm going to get some rest. Anna, as you say that, I'm, Merlin is barging back downstairs, uh, probably with the rest of the crew, just uh, uh, still angrily yelling about his dad. 
the Om Nation has the best of lawyers, and if he gets on the wrong side of them, he's going <laughs> to go to jail for a very long time. I'm telling you, we're the best merchant family. But before before Abba Salash goes upstairs, he leans in close to Tess, his mouth next to her ear, and whispers, Meat is weak. I like it. I like it. Merlin's on his way down. Tess, why don't you give me a perception check? All right. Roll higher than a six, D20. Oh, wow. A 13. 13. What's your passive? Uh, My passive is... Oh, shit. Perception. 15. Uh, and my passive is also 15. Die. As Slash is walking away, you notice just like a shifting of color on his scales those snakeskin sandals he's wearing <laughs> you can see you can see his feet through the sandals right and there's a couple scales on his feet and as he's walking away they it almost looks like they go up his leg and disappear up into his pants like out of sight. Almost looks like some of the scales shifted up and moved away. And as he's walking away, you hear just a few words of a conversation. Hey bro, it's been it's been pretty rough so far. Yeah, I, I think she uh You hanging in there by the way? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? <sighs> doing fine that's good that's good yeah keep your voice down keep your voice down i think she's on i don't know i don't know if i trust that one no no that one's definitely going to be more of a pain than i would expect yeah she'll she'll all understand just use your words use your words hey just remind just remind you you need you need anything at all i'm here i will call on you when meat fails, to say the least. Well, just remember, you know, uh, keep our agendas together and I won't have to get involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and whether or not that conversation continues, Tess, you don't know. You just hear the first few words of that as Salash walks away. Merlin cuts the conversation off by angrily walking down and says, I'll sue the ass off of you. Lustra would be like right behind Merlin, be like, Lustra, we got we can't go and turn away the only good faith that we have so far. As you're walking down the stairs, you slam the top of your lemon head like in the, the plank. The nose, the nose. Make a note of that. This is uh workers' compensation or something like that. And <laughs> low-bearing ceilings are not safe. So, you know, you guys do a bit more wandering. Those of you who want to take a bit of a nap, I'm sure everyone is feeling pretty tired from the events, even though you took a kind of a rest on the on the, your raft castle. Everyone's still probably pretty tuckered out from the events and needs a little bit of resting as the day goes on, however, I want you guys to give me... I want everyone to give me one more perception check. Oh, God. Merlin gets a total of 20. Oh. So, Merlin, you notice throughout the course of the day, they offer you guys as much hardtack and water as you want. They seem very, very well stocked. 
But as night starts to kind of fall, you come to the realization that not a single one of these 12 sailors has eaten anything today. Cannibals. Curious. Maybe they just uh, get their fill on heart attack. I mean, really dense food. Merlin kind of like looks over to Tess. Uh, they, no one else is eating. It's just, it's just us. Isn't that's a little weird, right? Well, I mean, I don't, I just put it down to them trying to be generous. But now that you mention it, there's been a weird chemical smell coming from up above us. Given what Lenara has said about this domain of dread and everything, I, I would be prepared for the worst when night falls. Merlin uh, turns over to Lenara. You said that they were either slavers or, or what else? My best guess is slavers or cannibals currently. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> Lustra examines the hardtack. Are there any like bones or anything that might be like that look, might look like human meat? No, it is very normal, run of the mill hardtack. The water's clean that they've been giving you. Well, it's cannibals. It's certainly not in the food that they've been giving us, at least. Of course. They want to fatten us up. Or keep us as strong as possible. My third theory now, though, is... With Dr. Heinfroth owning and running this island, and possibly... Hospital? Or asylum? Potential experimentation. Always fun with subjects, with meat, as it were. She looks at Slash, not hostily, just matter-of-factly. He returns with a matter-of-fact nod. Makes sense. Yes. Plus, new lost sailors. Nobody's looking for us. So, I, I think this goes without saying, but I think, well, I think it actually does need saying. We were all on that ship. We all don't know where we are. We all got to stick together. Are we in agreement that we all stick together and, you know, don't go up to captains and possibly get rid of the only room and board we have in this strange land? Merlin throws up his hands. <sighs> yeah, I guess. I guess we really are trapped. So we're going to have to figure this one out together. Your dad can't sue from the bottom of the sea. Ah. <sighs> Once I once I get in contact with him, it's all over for them. <laughs> <laughs> Sue the shit out of this boat. <laughs> As you guys are down there in the hole discussing everything that you're learning, all these new facts coming to light, nighttime quickly setting on the mercy, you can hear some footsteps on the planks above you in that same room that you kind of smelled that, that strange scent, same chemically smell coming from. A couple footsteps you hear, kind of a banging, a, a rustling. It sounds maybe like someone dropped something up there. And a few moments later, there's just like a single drip of liquid that makes its way through the cracks of the planks. You're not sure exactly what this chemical is, 
but it's got this very, like it burns your throat to smell it. It almost reminds you of chlorine. And it's really, really strong. And it's about that same time that adolescent Colin makes his way up the stairs. He waves goodbye. Looks like he's going to bed for the night. Uh, uh, Tess would like to look to uh, giant old Lustra and... I believe the height was too tall, Merlin. Very um, lanky. That's right. Excellent. Uh, she looks to the two of them and says, um, could you boost me up? I I don't think, I don't like where this is going. What, you're trying to look up there? Yes. Um, okay, and uh, Marlin kind of like gets down on one knee and puts his hands for a place for you to step. And Lustra does the same. She's gonna go into her pouch and get a couple of, like, get a dart out, and she basically wants to see if she can find, like, a knot in any of the, um, any of the planks, any, any place that looks... Sure, why don't you give me, uh, uh... Assuming you want to do this quietly, too, don't you? Yes. Why don't you give me sleight of hand? There's plenty of knots in the wood. Just give me sleight of hand and see how much noise you make. Okay. Uh, 19. 19 is enough. With pure silence, you kind of pop one of the knots out of the wood. You get hoisted up like a cheerleader. Put your eye against this hole. Up in that room above you, it's hard, you know, you don't have a great perspective, but from what you can tell, there seems to be a couple barrels. One of them seems to have kind of toppled over and its contents have spilled out. Thus why you, you got a drop of that liquid down below. And the smell, like as you're cl- now you're really up in it and mm-hmm. it is strong enough that you recognize what it is. Maybe... Maybe because you had to to deal with these types of smells so recently with Simon. But you're convinced that you smell formaldehyde. And that's where we're going to call it for tonight. No! Meat is weak. Meat is weak. (laughs) Maybe it's just a funeral parlor. It's fine. 